Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome in to Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my sorely missed co-host, Mozzie. How we doing? Good. It's uh, It's been a while. Um, about a month or it's so. It's been a little bit. Yeah, we took a little bit of time off there. Well, we had, I had a wedding to go to in Columbus, which was amazing. Uh, Scott and Victoria, super mm-hmm. great. Thanksgiving's coming up. Yeah. Had some uh, stuff at work. Had to work a little bit more. So we, I missed a few... Uh, Missed a few nights, but we're back. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Yeah, life life comes at you fast, or something like that. Whatever whatever they say in that commercial, I don't I don't know. I'm not trying to infringe on any uh, copyrights there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. So I think it's like an insurance company or something. Right. That sounds about right. It's probably a car commercial because everything's a car commercial. Yeah, especially during uh, football games, which is what we're talking about. So. <laughs> <laughs> we are on to week 11 already, which is pretty wild. So And now we're already halfway done. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to miss this so much. I know, but we got an extra year, week this year, and I'm excited about it, even though maybe ideologically think it might be unnecessary. Yeah, and then we've got more, well, I guess starting last year, we have more playoff games as well. So mm-hmm. makes up for it. So we've got Denver and the Rams on by. And we've got, um, we already had Thursday night game, which I sat through some of and got too sad to watch the rest of. Well, that um, was pretty depressing. Yeah, it sounds like it only got sadder after I stopped watching, so I'm glad I stopped watching. Um, but we've got Indianapolis at Buffalo, and we both have Buffalo here, and I like Diggs a lot here. None of the corners can really keep up with him. He was rolling last week. I expect him to keep rolling again. We've got a Buffalo as uh, touchdown favorites here with a 50-point over-under. And I'm a bit concerned about Indy doing much. I think it'll be a good game. I do still think the Bills will win. Um, I think they match up nicely here. Yeah. If you can shut down Jonathan Taylor, you can shut down the Colts' off, like offense. And yeah, which I think I, they'll be able to do. I think that'll be their goal. And I think they'll be pretty successful at it. Um, I also don't trust Indy secondary to stop much of Jalen and their passing game. Yeah, that's the big. <laughs> yeah, I do think this is a good moment for Diggs to come through because this is a tougher opponent. This isn't a cakewalk game. Um, you know, you can lose this if you're not prepared well. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, Diggs, this is a good time for him to shine. I also happen to like Mr. Mr. Knox. Um, oh, yeah. I've tended to like targeting you know, fairly decent tight ends against the Colts this year. It's been a, a good stream as they tend to reel in that touchdown at some point. Cool. Yeah, I, I dig that. I dig that. Uh, pun intended, I guess. Digs. He digs yeah. that. <laughs> pun, pun, the pun is now intended. It wasn't at first, but it naturally happened. Yeah, with, <laughs> yeah, with Indy, like with, with Trey White going to be on Pittman and then the rest of the Buffalo defense trying to stop JT. 
I, I don't know what all gets going. Like, I guess T.Y. Uh, so one thing I do want to mention is I am my biggest concern for this game and for the Colts is they, the Carson Wentz syndrome that Carson Wentz seems to have <laughs> that I think Pat Mahomes is suffering from a bit this year as well, which is, you know, tremendous early success and pressure making you think you have to do absolutely everything on every play and making really stupid boneheaded decisions. Yeah. Uh, Stafford does it well, sometimes too, but I think that's just from years of playing on the Lions. Yeah, I think I think that might be more <laughs> for that. But Wentz definitely has it, and the Bills are not a defense I want to do that against no, at all. No. Yeah, they'll, they'll capitalize. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. So, yeah, sounds like we're... I, I guess we kind of agree with the touchdown spread is what we're saying. Yeah, pretty much. I still think Indy will get points. I still think Wentz will get yards. Um, I still, I like, I just don't think that if Buffalo does everything they should, they, they should win this game and they should win it with a yeah. nice little cushion there of spread. Yeah. yeah if Jonathan Taylor is going to slow down at any point this year, this would be the week. Right. So now if yeah. they can't stop JT, then shit, the Colts could win. But I think that that'll be their game plan. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> it should but, be. But next up we've got, uh, Baltimore at Chicago, um, Chicago's got a lot of injuries coming into this week, so Khalil Mack is out for the year. And it sounds like A-Rob's not going to play. They put Trevathan on IR, and Akeem Hicks will not be playing. So That's just a few guys, though. Yeah, big oof. And then oof. Baltimore, it's questionable for Marquise Brown. I think it's like actually questionable because I don't think he practiced Thursday, and he got like limited Friday. So actually keep an eye on him. But I think everyone else that, you know, isn't on IR is good to go for them. I am looking forward to this one. I So it was one of those things where <laughs> I, I put like every relevant Chicago player in stream just because <laughs> I don't know how well Chicago is going to do overall, but they've got like, it's pretty condensed. It's Mooney, Comet, Montgomery, of, of mm. course Fields, but it's just a matter of like what all they can produce because like they're go- Baltimore is going to put up points on Chicago. Like I expect sure. that. A lot of Lamar and managers, but the match is just a matter of how do the Bears like respond and put points up on their own. I don't know how much like so the, the Baltimore run defense is weird where they've been like both good and bad depending on what metrics you look at. It's kind of odd, but it's like it's I guess it's basically like it, it fully depends on where Patrick Queen is on the field as far as like because if he if they have him like outside, then like it what, really depends on contain? like yeah it's it's just kind of depends on the team they're playing and where Patrick Queen's lined up because he's been he man he's been real rough but yeah. well if they have him like inside and the team isn't really getting pushed inside because like the the Baltimore uh, D line can like usually stuff inside like they've got a good stuff rate and so mm-hmm. if they can hide Patrick Queen behind you know that push in the middle that it's a lot better than when he's like outside and then they can't contain and he has to make a tackle because he won't. Mm. Right. <laughs> I, I'm i expecting a good day from Fields. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. I do think that he's going to play pretty well. Um, I expect him to get sacked a bunch as well. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, as, yeah as always. Um, no, A-Rob probably not, doesn't really. Man, poor A-Rob. I know. Like, he sh- that should be a huge ding against them offensively, but the truth is they just haven't used him much. Yeah. The, uh... But... Yeah, Baltimore should win this. 
Yeah, they are definitely up there in missed tackles. Um, they have 68 missed tackles in nine games. Which the only teams um, with nine games that are worse are the Steelers, Jags, and Chargers right now. The the Ravens missed tackle like that. That's been a thing all all season long. Has been their poor tackling all out. You know, Patrick Queen I mentioned. Um, and so Montgomery's been breaking a lot of tackles, and given you know Fields' capabilities as a runner, like I think the Bears could stay competitive a little more than the general public might give them credit for. Because mm-hmm. being six point row favorites is like a big you know give there for Baltimore. It is, yeah. And they've been good, but I don't think they've been dominant enough to merit that, even against Chicago. Like I feel like that's about right, but like I will not be at all surprised if this they're one of those games where Lamar has to save Baltimore again. I could see that too. Chicago's just a tough out for some, you know, whenever I say for some reason, but you mm-hmm. know, they just tend to be because even when they're missing a ton of people on defense, they still have. I think that's their linebackers that are pretty solid right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Roquan's been balled out, but mm-hmm. they're just missing so many guys right now that like Baltimore might just be able to keep scoring over and over. <laughs> yeah, personally, I think it might just be a Fields fantasy day. Like, I think he could just do all of the fantasy production yeah with like with fields he's one of the guys that you probably don't want to double stack if you're if you're running him out like in dfs mm-hmm. like i mean even lamar kind of counts there too like you can occasionally double stack lamar but guys who like quarterbacks who will get you if they've got the potential to run for 100 yards you probably just want to stack them with one guy mm-hmm. so like Mooney or Komet, i'm fine with there Guys with no uh, A Rob, it's like those two. Yeah, I guess I would. I, he's liked Komet. Komet's starting to come yeah, in. Yeah, and know. I mean, okay, Baltimore's faced a lot of good tight ends, but they've given it up to tight ends. So mm-hmm. just gotta hope they don't run end zone fades to Jimmy Graham over and over again. Oh my god. <sighs> hey, maybe they'll lose so badly. Matt Nagy will finally get fired. No, no. no. You know, we can only hope. I guess that's what we're rooting for here. That's what we're rooting. For. <laughs> But speaking of things we're rooting for, we've got Detroit at Cleveland up next. Um, oh, dear. Poor Detroit. Uh, and poor Detroit even more. Um, they will be starting Tim Boyle, it seems. Um, I wrote Tim Boyle's Lions, and I almost wrote Tim Boyle's Loins. And then I just went <laughs> the Boy Loins. Yeah, the Boy, the boy Loins. So the boy we've loins. got the Boy Loins at Cleveland here. And I so Nick Chubb is off the COVID list, and I think I speak for everyone when I say Chubba Lubba Dub Dub. Chubba Lubba Dub Dub. Yeah. It's been too long, my friend. Welcome yeah, back. he should ball out, right? Like, yeah. I mean, okay. Realistically speaking, it looks like he didn't just like close contact COVID. It sounds like he had it. Yeah, he got it. He was vaccinated. I don't know about how symptomatic he was. Right, but but that shit can put pressure on your lungs. So yeah, for sure. I am a little wary that he might, you know, be out of breath <laughs> yeah. in the first quarter. And I, oh, we, like, we know how hard he breathes on those runs. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a chubba lubba. He, yeah, he, he was there, uh, he was out there practicing in like shorts and just his jersey today. Though he's, I think he's gonna be okay. He's pretty. Yeah, tough. I think that. Yeah, that's <laughs> baller move there. Hmm. And then, What's cold? He doesn't care. <laughs> is there anybody else in this game? Uh, I think if you're doing one of those, you know, lineups where you'll get a ton of money for picking somebody really obscure that might score points, I think it might be an interesting play to pick David Blah. Oh, because like, uh, if Goff's not playing, we get Tim Boyle. 
Well, Miles Garrett's going to hurt Tim Boyle at some point. So yeah, if this were a showdown, quarter, you're yeah. going to get a David Blau. Blau, Blau. Fourth yeah, quarter Yeah, back QB lineup, Tim Boyle. In, in garbage time, I'm calling it. Garbage <laughs> time, fourth quarter, David Blau, Dude, Tutty. Thanksgiving David Blau, man. That's right. He won me some money. <laughs> He's the man. Yeah, I just I I think it is Blau, and because there are so many ways you could pronounce his name, and it, it ended up being the best option, like the Waka Flocka Blau. So right, Blau. But uh, yeah, Cleveland defense here. I any okay. How do you mean like any interest in Swift, or is it just like so rough here for them now that it's kind of tough to get excited? I think if you have Swift, you keep playing him. He just gets yeah. so much volume. Uh-huh. Uh, he is just a huge part of the offense and potentially all of their offense. Yeah. My God, there's got they're starting someone named Trinity Benson. I who are these Lions wideouts? Who are these people? Yeah. Somebody do, help me. Do we you study. Think we get the uh, backup quarterback safety valve tight end thing this week with Detroit. Given Cleveland has been bad over the middle of the field, and there's not really like an alpha to get them and i guess hawkinson is the alpha i'm not sure i that wouldn't be a a very natural assumption for me i don't know how much it'll translate like if detroit doesn't score yeah i won't be surprised but he could have 20 targets that yeah that's where i think it's like okay (laughs) how bad is detroit versus how much will hawkinson get targeted kind of thing it's like okay here's swift here's hawkinson throw it to them throw it to them Like, like almost all of his targets should be to those two I hope Hawkinson has a week for himself. That'd be a nice bright spot on uh-huh. what is a, you know, just a, a rough patch they have to just climb over. Yeah, he's got a really good multiplier on a super draft this week at one and a half. So Ooh. I may I may risk it some there. So, but next up, I said I think we can move on from Detroit Cleveland. But next up, we've got Houston, Tennessee. Probably won't spend a whole lot on this one either. Yeah. Uh, we've got Tennessee. Um, For Houston, I think, the you it starts and ends with Brandon Cooks. I don't know if I call him a banger or a stream just because of how bad the team is, but Tennessee's defense has been fairly rough, and Cooks is pretty good. So Tennessee's pass rush, though, I think is very underrated. The past yeah. few weeks, Tennessee's defense has been getting the pressure on these guys. They beat the Saints with it. They beat the Rams with it. They beat the Colts with it. They beat the Chiefs with it. Like it is. It's not just uh, their defense has been a complete roller coaster. Two years yeah. ago, it was great. Last year, it was possibly the worst ever. And this year, it seems to be back to actually Fine. getting pressure on the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I personally think Dante Foreman is going to have a good week. Yeah, I was. Uh, I wrote him in AP as streams. It's tough because Dante was. He out-touched AP, but AP was in there at the goal line. So that's why I'm going to look. Okay, like, Dante will have to get, you know, in there from outside the 10. Otherwise, AP's going to snipe him, probably. Yes, and I, but I think there's a good chance that happens. Dante might... I think Dante Foreman has a potential to be banger of the week status. Ooh. He is uh, in a revenge game here. He is in a revenge game. And I'll have to check, but I imagine he's got good multipliers and prices for DFS. I would be surprised if he didn't. Oh, yeah. He's one of my sneaky, like, this guy. He could do nothing because of AP taking all of his touchdowns, but he could also potentially house some 40-yard runs. Yeah, so my my thought in this game was 
I guess I'm just going to assume AJ Brown dongs on them. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I wouldn't assume he wouldn't. That makes sense. <laughs> like, it's just him left because, like, McNichols is hurt. Um, so, like, that's yeah. the receiving back out. So, like, it's just, it's just the two running backs. And then at receiver, it's, I mean, him. And then it's, like, Chester Rogers and, like, Marcus Johnson. Khalif <laughs> And then, you know, they're tight ends, which Swaim is out now. He was what everyone was hoping Ferkser would be. Like, there's no one to throw the ball to besides AJ Brown. And it's Houston. So. And it's Houston. Yeah. I, I AJ Brown should be banger of the week receiver wise i might go ahead and put him as that but there we go he's he's the best bet to be so i mean also shout out to aj brown because you know he's another guy taking taking the steps towards mental health yes and advocating for that which we like to see yeah i didn't get to watch the i have it like saved and bookmarked or whatever to go watch about it i didn't get to watch his like press conference talking about it with so much terrible nfl news the past few weeks Seeing him, you know, advocating for mental health is nice. Nice break of a uh, little breath of fresh air. Yeah, him opening up about it. He said, uh, "I know he said Elijah Moore helped him a lot through it too." Mm-hmm. So what a guy! What a guy! But, yeah, I think that's it for this game, though, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty Don't much. take the Texans stuff unless it's Cooks. Yeah. So uh, next up, we've got Green Bay at Minnesota. I think we're going Green Bay, but I'm I, I'm not sold here. I'm not either. Minnesota, I think, is better than their record. I think they've been exceptionally unlucky, as we were talking about earlier. Um, my concern is without Daniel Hunter, the, who they've lost for the year, I worry about their ability to put pressure on Rodgers, and whenever Rodgers has a clean pocket, I generally yeah. just take the Packers. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is yeah, it's tough here. Like, so right now, Green Bay is a one and a half point road favorite with a forty-seven and a half over under in the game. So, very close, obviously. Um, with it's tough for me because some for some weird reason, Green Bay's been able to generate a pass rush lately. I don't know what it, I think they're just using their guys in their secondary in interesting blitz packages, mm-hmm. and it's working um, for now. But when a team figures out that they just need to put a fullback, you know, back there to block or something, and that's going to save all of their pass rush, then it's going to be tough sledding for them. I Their defense is still not good. You cannot convince me of that. Yeah, well, so that's why I'm thinking their run defense still has uh, some, some, ske- some skepticism for me. And yes. Dalvin Cook is going to be the centerpiece. Um, yes. Like, I was looking through the line matchups, and... Like the the pressure thing for Minnesota was rough. Like that was that was like a you know a stay away kind of thing. Like they could really get in Kirk's face, but the running stuff was all you know like mostly fine for Minnesota. And mm-hmm. I it, it should be with them relying fully on Dalvin Cook. Yep. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. This should be this should be a Cook big 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 banger week. Yeah. And then as far as all the stuff with Dalvin Cook and his uh, non football life, I don't. I, I, I have don't no think idea. There's enough to really know. Obviously, if he did it, he's a shithead. But right, it's been weird uh, contrasting reports back and forth on everything. It's giving me. I'm not saying it's the same, but it's giving me hints of that whole Zeke situation a few years back, where mm. 
they didn't know what to do and eventually he did like one kind of one more dumb thing and they're like you know what fuck you we're gonna suspend you for six games right so yeah like but i don't for this season i think he's gonna be playing but again like we talked we just talked about with aj brown and mental health obviously you know like we take domestic violence very seriously it's a very serious thing so yeah. hopefully whoever is responsible gets you know justice served to them yep Whoever the hell it is. I quite frankly have no idea. I'm waiting for the full breakdown because I it's too much to piece through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know uh Schefter came on Sports Center like that night or next day and was like, Hey, uh he pretty much I don't know if I'd say it apologized, but sorta of did. Pretty much said like I, he pretty much said he didn't do his due diligence before tweeting out the thing from Cook's attorney. Ah. But I, th- I think after the Washington thing, we all know that Schefter is in the team's pockets. So I don't think it was anyone surprised yeah. from that. But anyway, aside from him, um, anyone else in Minnesota you're interested in? Or are you kind of thinking Cook game? Cook game. Um, I, I mean, would be I-, I would be more into feeling than Justin Jefferson here in the sense of if Kirk's under fire, I I, I think he would be going to feel it more than. Like, they, they can beat the Green Bay quarters easily. It's just, can the line hold up? And I think that's more where Thielen thrives. I think this is more of a classic Thielen game. I think he'll have a lot of targets, a lot of yards, a lot of catches, and he might reel one in, too. But he, it's one of those where he might hit 20 points without a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> but he also might get the touchdown. I think he's definitely a good play this week. But, yeah, for me, it's just mostly Cook. But Packer side is where it gets a lot more interesting because with Aaron Jones out, A.J. Dillon, a.k.a. The Winter Soldier is what I'm going to push for. I'm pushing Winter Soldier for his nickname. I think it's great. He is a bad mofo. Yeah. Um, I know coming out of of that class, there was that big five, and then it was AJ Dillon, like, as the clear and obvious guy, like, you know, right after all that. So, yeah, he's massive. He is built for... (laughs) He is very much built for this part of the season where... He's built for war. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my he's god, he is bag. like Ray Lewis in a running back's body. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we were, I got, we, Caleb and I were joking about like him being like thick. He's like, AJ Dillon's got a big butt. I'm like, he is stacked up like a wedding cake, man. Like, <laughs> Yes, he is thick. And yeah. so, there's so many C's, you can't even count it. They couldn't fit oh, him yeah. on the jersey, so. Right. <laughs> thick, boy. Yeah, he, he's got a C on his jersey, not for captain, but just for the thick. For the thick. <laughs> so yeah, AJ yeah. Dillon should be a banger this week, is what we're saying. Oh yeah, yeah. With, uh, with Aaron Jones out, and um, as far as DFS goes, I know Super Draft priced him right. I haven't looked at FanDuel. He's pretty cheap on DraftKings, and he's pretty cheap on Yahoo. So it's hard to avoid him because like if if it were Aaron Jones, like if it were Aaron Jones without AJ Dillon, we'd be like, oh yeah, all over it. Now we've got Dillon without Aaron Jones, it's like. I mean, who else are gonna like? Who else are gonna carries to? So right, and Dylan can catch. He yeah, can do it all. He can yak because he can, he can break tackles. So oh yeah, people deflect off of him. Yeah, the Winter Soldier man who runs up the, the shield. Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> so Devonte Adams, of course, he's that dude. No one on Minnesota can cover him. And then I also want to mention MVS because there's no Lazard. Tunney's been out. Another week back off of injury, I think MVS is kind of in a prime spot here to get a season high in targets. I like that. In fact, he was going to be one of my sneaky picks because mm-hmm. I have a weird feeling that he does well against the Vikings, which I'll have to verify, but it made sense in my head. 
Yeah, because he uh, so yeah. in week one he got eight targets, but it didn't amount to much in that shitty game. But like he got four targets um, in week three before he got hurt, and then the last two weeks he's kind of been coming back in a little bit. And so I, I'm I think he can make more work because he got that one big game last week. But it every, feels, it just, uh, definitely makes sense that he could put it together this week. It feels like every time Aaron Rodgers is on some kind of talk show, he does mention MVS as one of those guys. <laughs> Uh, you know, alongside Joe Rogan and them. <laughs> but he, he usually bullies. does mention MBS as one of the guys that really is just working hard and he really mm-hmm. likes. Um, but yeah, I I do think it is time for an MBS game, which yeah. is usually just good for the whole offense. It's not... Yeah, that's usually when the offense much. is clicking. Yeah, Devontae's also one of the most overdue for a touchdown right now, actually. Um, I updated my like yards and air yards sheet. Um, in terms of just yards, Devontae is fourth in being overdue. Kyle Pitts is actually first, which is, you know, sad for me. And then um, air yards, he is, I believe, Devontae is still top 10, yeah, he's seven. Like, he's way up there in being overdue for touchdown because he's got um, 864 yards and three touchdowns. Oof. And, you know, the usual pace. Right now, the average yards per touchdown is 158 yards. So... Whoa. He's definitely a little overdue. He should have like two more touchdowns. I I mean, I'll say it now that I think he gets at least one touchdown. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the Vikings. I think yeah. he will. <laughs> uh, what's the over-under on this? I feel it like was, we're uh, saying a lot 47 of and a half, right? I'll take the over on that. Yeah, I could definitely see this going over. Not like well, by a ton. The, it, the two, it's the two games reason. last year went nuts, I believe. Right. I think it stays within reason. I don't think both teams eclipse like 30-something, but, you know, low 30s. But, yeah, I could see that. I'll take yeah. the uh, over there. I think both games got to around 60 last year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm about it. I'm about it. And next up, we've got probably the opposite. <clears throat> Still a divisional matchup. We've got Miami at the Jets. That's right. And I'll let you kick this one off. I mean, this is... This is a, such a good game. There's just so much to talk about. I don't even know. Um, we get Joe Flacco at quarterback for the, for the Jets. Uh, and that is pretty much where all the excitement dies. I just, I don't even know if I'll watch this one, if I'll be honest. Um, just such a bad game. <laughs> Dolphins look like shit this year, and the Jets look like shit this year. So when you put them together... Yeah. They but, are, it's like multiplicative biomagnification shit. It just gets worse. It's, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> like poop, poop lasagna, as Larry the Cable Guy says. Uh, I was that was the Joe Jets. Flacco's name in high school, by the way. <laughs> poop lasagna. Poop lasagna. <laughs> yeah, and he, he's he's not uh, he's not vaccinated either. I so. know <laughs> they're like Joe Flacco's not vaccinated. I'm like, if there's one guy, no one gives a fuck about. <laughs> they're like, oh, Rogers isn't vaccinated. There's an uproar. Like Joe Flacco's not vaccinated. No one ever. No one's like if a like bear it, shits yeah. in the woods. Does, it... does anyone give a shit? <laughs> so at least with the Jets, though, their their trash is partially like slash you know a good amount due to injury. Miami's just bad. Like their receivers are hurt, but they're just bad. So Miami's I originally... performance this year. Yeah, it's been stunningly awful, uh, and it's been a, a large part due to their trench their trench ability or lack thereof. Their O line and their D line are just bad. The O line is the worst in the league, right? I think it's got to be. Yeah, and so I originally said like Miami question mark on this, but I put just a question mark for now. I think I'll still pick Miami, but 
the Jets have at times been able to get like a pass rush going. And with how bad Miami's line is, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets can rack up like three or four sacks here. That's what kind of what intrigues me is the Jets' defense. Um, yeah, because Miami's O line is so yeah, like bad. That, it's pissing me off just because I'm like, are they gonna like fuck Tua up? Are they just gonna keep getting him hurt over and ever? I they might have already Darnolded that Tua. <laughs> Tua, so like he he's he's aggressive, and so there'll be times where people are like, what the fuck is he doing? But there's like so much there with him. I'm just like, please, 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 don't ruin him. I'm worried, but. Miami pretty much just has Waddle and Gusecki, so those two are usually in play. But with the Jets, so here's what I was make I was saving for recording time. Ooh. So with Flacco's tendencies, all right, we saw him last year. He played four games with the Jets. The first two, he hyper targeted Crowder, and mm-hmm. um, you know he he had some you know like he had some love for Mims, and I think that'll maybe translate to like you know Corey Davis, I guess, in the sense where he's got like Flacco's always been willing to toss out to big receivers. But throughout mm-hmm. his career, I was looking through guys that he's really thrown to a lot. We had, like, Derek Mason. Um, mm-hmm. We've had Anquan Bolden, of course. We yeah, had Torrey Smith. And we had Steve Smith. And if I think about if I amalgamated all those guys, <laughs> I think it would make Elijah Moore. And, like, Steve Smith was, like, a comp for Elijah Moore anyway, like, as far as, like, upper yeah, end. And so, definitely. like, if, if I'm thinking those four guys, like, Torrey Smith with, like, some of his deep speed, like, Bolden. Derek Mason, Steve Smith, like for, you know, that uh, possession style slot type of guy. Like, I mean, I guess Anquan Bolt played more outside too. But either way, that kind of amalgamates into Elijah Moore. So I think Flacco will, like, I feel like he'll like Elijah Moore. I like that. And, like, I'm not saying that he will. Like, it, it could easily amount to nothing. But the style of receiver that he's often peppered has, you know, been in that mold. And then he played uh, several years with Ray Rice. And so... Michael Carter can kind of be his Ray Rice here in that sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, well, I, he's just I, in the I, running heard, back sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, purely football sense. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously Ray Rice was really good at football, just not really good at not hitting his wife. Um, yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> Michael Carter, good to see you back. I've I've heard a narrative going around this week that like Flacco doesn't throw to running backs. So I'm like, he had Ray Rice. Like, I mean, obviously you're gonna throw to a receiver like a running back who can catch that well. But Michael Carter can't catch very well, so like yeah, Flacco has he does the checkdowns. I think that's just part of the narrative that he's always arm punting, which is definitely yeah. half of his game. Uh-huh. But the other half <laughs> is the short pass. Exactly. So I think <laughs> he'll fit in okay with this Jets offense. The really so the Jets offense has been a really intriguing case study the past few weeks, which I've gotten <laughs> to delve into just a little bit because uh, they actually put up. The two weeks they had Mike White, they put up more yards of offense in two weeks than almost any other team in history, <laughs> which is hysterical. Um, <laughs> and a lot of it just is essentially proving that they have some offensive game plan. Like, they have a bit of a scheme there. They're just not executing it very well. And I think the, they kept saying, you know, Zach Wilson needs to learn how to make the boring passes. But I think that's actually a big part of it is they oh, yeah. have the things there. He's just not looking for the easy eight-yard throw. He's trying to do too much and get the big play. Yeah. Uh, whereas Flacco, Flacco will take those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if Flacco can execute this, then their offense should be okay. It's really uh, fascinating to watch. Um, really just 
slightly excited for this game in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really curious how the Dolphins defense <clears throat> comes out because they've been hot, but yes, a lot of that, at least against the the uh, Ravens, was them not knowing how to deal with the blitz because. Mm. Whatever number eight was, every single time he's on the line, he blitzed, and they never figured it out somehow. And like everyone watching was so aware of it, but somehow the Ravens weren't. <laughs> and I, I'm gonna blame Greg Roman for that. I, I think that was his. I, I blame that mostly on him because there's there's on the field, center and quarterback are responsible, but at a certain point you have to fix your scheming if it's just not working, and they never fix their scheming. So I'm blaming. Roman and Harbaugh there, but alas, I think that I, oh, that was sounds, the safety Holland. Yeah, Holland. He was balling out. He was. was he balling. had a really good game. Yeah. So I think that I trust other Lafleur to not let that happen. Slash Flacco's very willing to not get annihilated and just take whatever <laughs> screens are there. Yeah. But I, yeah. So not saying that didn't go to go great, but. Right. It's, I'm really curious how Miami's defense comes to play, and I think there is some reason for you to be an optimistic Jets fan this week. I think it'll be a fun Miami game. Is. I know I'm going to see a Flacco arm punt pick. I know, oh, like yeah. I'm excited for it. It gets your blood up, you know. You just <laughs> him, he's just going deep, and you're like, oh man, one of these defenders is about to make a great play on this ball. <laughs> just really gets you going. Um, but the thing is, is that I initially thought this would be the worst game of the week, but I actually think it might be our yeah, next game. As we've talked game. through it, it's like, yeah, I think the <laughs> next game is going to be the worst, and that is New Orleans at Philly. <sighs> yeah. So <sighs> before before this season, when we were doing our like schedules, this is one I had a tough time with because I've had both of these teams being really bad. And <laughs> I need to double check. I'm pretty sure I had it. Uh, I gave it to New Orleans preseason. And right now I'm taking New Orleans which sounds gross because I don't think either team is gonna like really get the win. Oh no, I get. I ended. I think I ended up giving this to Philly on take two. I gave this to Philly. I think on take one, I gave it to New Orleans. I'm gonna see if mine has saved. Let me see. Oh, apparently, I gave this to Philly in preseason, but I'm changing it here anyway. I'm going to give this to New Orleans because I don't think Philly's gonna do the offense thing here. Um, Marshawn Lattimore, I assume, will shadow Devonta Smith, and then. They've been covering tight ends well with Demario Davis and their safeties. And then you can't really run on them. So, <laughs> yeah. like I, Yeah. So, where's the, what, what Philly offense is there? Yeah, I it's think it's just, is be a it just of, Jalen Hurts and his legs. Yeah, that's where it's going to be. It's going to be like, can he break contain? But I, if, if that's your only hope, I don't have much faith there. Like, that's a thing. And I don't have ch- much faith in New Orleans here either, offensively. No. But so I put the Saints offense is decimated and their defense is good. So I'm not expecting a lot on offense from the Saints on account of their injuries. And I'm also not expecting a lot of Philly offense on account of the Saints defense. So mm-hmm. uh, take the kickers. Yeah, like I so the over-under is 42 and yep, a half, by the way. I was going to say whatever the over-under is, I would take the under. Yeah, I, even at 42 and a half, yeah. I would take the under at 30. I would take the under at the only at twenty eight. The only hesitation there is that like Jalen Hurts and unders like don't match up well. <laughs> it's true, but man, I think this is one of those games where it 
could literally come down to Jalen Hurts getting a 30-yard scamper to set up for a field goal to win 6-0. to zero. <laughs> This is, like, I'm very off watching this game. Yeah, it's rough. There, there are a couple things we do need to talk about here, just because of how some things have shaken out. There's no Alvin Kamara, so right, and that's Mark a Ingram big part of becomes that. in play. Um, right, got pretty involved with the pass game last last week. Um, DFS wise, I'm not gonna go back to him. I went to mm-hmm. him last week; it worked out. But there's too many guys around him price wise on DraftKings, and I think multiplier wise on uh, Super Draft that are just better options. Like on Super Draft, you can get a better multiplier on Daryl Williams and Michael Carter, which I would take. And then on DraftKings, David Montgomery is $100 more. And Darrell Williams is the same price. So I go into those two instead of Mark Ingram here. And um, on the Philly side, Dallas Goddard, I I have a stream. He cleared concussion protocol. He just got a, he just got the bag. That is secured for him. Congrats, Dallas Goddard. But Ooh. if they're if they are able to move the ball through the air, I think it's going to be to him. But um, I do actually want to mention, though, Quez Watkins here. If... Okay. If Philly's scoring a touchdown through the air, I think there's a decent chance it could be a big Quez Watkins bomb if he finally, if he catches it, if he catches it, because he didn't last time. He should have had a touchdown. He just didn't catch it. But the the Saints are weakest in the slot. Right. Well, CJ GJ's out, right? Um. Yeah. I, I, is he out? It's I been think him. So. It's been him and PJ Williams, and that's that's their weak spot for sure. Right. So. Which means, yeah. I would probably be off of Raygor, uh, as well as. But see, that's the thing is, if Smith does end up in the slot, he might do a little bit, but I definitely don't think he's a banger. No, yeah, I'm I'm kind of out on him. Like, I I think it would it it's just gonna be kind of Goddard some, but I don't think it's gonna be. I agree, not much of anything. Yeah. Yeah. CJ GJ was out last week. Um, oh wait, he's on injury reserve now. Yep. So no him. So it's gonna be PJ Williams. So we're getting a fast guy against PJ Williams in Buzz Watkins. So <laughs> if you're dumpster diving, you know, you're looking for a cheapo. Mm-hmm. You're wanting to get wild. You're real desperate <laughs> in your league. I don't hate Quez Watkins here. You're, you're not just rummaging through the garbage on the street. You are in the dumpster. Yeah, you are. You are the in alley. there. Oh, yeah. Uh, the only problem is, so on DraftKings, he and MVS are the same price, and I highly prefer MVS. But oh, yeah. If you need two of them, then... <laughs> no, this is more of those, like, purely matchup-based, even in a gross game. If someone is going to do something, he kind of lines up. Well, when so you I'm, have these kind of, you know, what's the expression that Holmes always says? Like, what if you eliminate all of the impossibilities, even the improbable however improbable is the only one that you know (laughs) so like if you eliminate all the things we know aren't going to happen it's going to fall on these guys that maybe don't have name brand recognition but the game has to go on so someone like quez watkins could be your savior this week yeah and uh i know philly versus tight end's been a thing but i don't know if i want to chase that with troutman and Jawan johnson this week god that's tough because i'll probably probably be split up the yards of touchdowns right exactly so it might total to be fine, but it's tough to really right. If they were one tight ends worth, <laughs> yeah. Because like last week, Noah Fant had a fine game, but Albert O also had some points too. It was it's just always going to be a fake for them how the yep. defense is. But next up, we've got Washington at Carolina in our uh, Rivera Bowl here. Oh yeah, 
And I see you've gone with Carolina now. We both are on Carolina. I did, and it was one of those where the more I thought about it, so just watching Washington this year, I think it's pretty clear that they're... Washington. Washington. Washington, Washington. They're just not good at containing mobile quarterbacks. And when they play against quarterbacks that aren't very mobile, they do a lot better. Hence Tom Brady. Um, Look, I know that there's obviously that narrative that... You know, Ron Rivera coached Cam and he knows his weakness, but that's not really important in football. As from what we've learned over the, you know, us doing this podcast is that a lot of times these guys know exactly what they have to do to win the game. They just can't execute it correctly because of the skill of the other players executing theirs. Um, So, yeah, I think Ron Rivera probably does know exactly what he has to do to take Cam's best plays out but whether or not they can actually stop that especially with chase young out might be really difficult yeah and that's a thing and no chase young Ugh. i think this i'm at least hoping that we might have a little bit of a vintage cam game i don't think he's gonna pop off but i think he'll he's gonna have a few really big runs he's healthy that are, yeah that are fun <laughs> and you, i think even at the end ron is gonna smile and say god damn i'm glad you're back you <laughs> it's fine yeah, I, I'm happy for Cam. Like I said, even though he's always played for teams that I can't root for, I've always <laughs> liked Cam. Yeah. So Even when was, he was on the Panthers, I, it made me like the Panthers more when they had Cam. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the Panthers and Falcons were like never good together, so I never right. had to feel super conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> the tough thing is, though, is that Washington just beat the Buccaneers. Now, yeah. the Buccaneers, I don't know if you've ever met somebody who just did acid the night before but the buccaneers looked like they (laughs) were just out in like the granular landscape of sedona doing peyote the night before because whatever the fuck they were doing (laughs) i think tom brady looked like he was seeing six receivers (laughs) yeah i think washington may just game plan well against them like we saw in the playoffs last year too yeah but it's also possible ron rivera is you know, maybe as good, if not better, of a coach than someone like Bruce Arians. At least in game planning and scheming, I don't think it's that wild to say. Because um, uh, man, Bucks DC, like, right? Shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the Bucks looked rough. I think they get Gronk back this week, but mm-hmm. so yeah. So I think I don't know if Washington's defense is gonna be here to stay because they they've put together two decent weeks in a row. But yeah, the no chase going makes it hard for me to feel like that's gonna continue. Now I do think this will be a low scoring game. Like, it, it's probably going to be gross, especially given how good Carolina's defense has been. And that's part of why I'm picking them. Yeah, it's a 42.5 over under Carolina favored by 3.5 right now. And I know it was Colt McCoy last week, but the Panthers' defense has been good all year, pretty much, barring a game or two. And they're now kind of healthier and reinforced with Stephon Gilmore. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting a lot from their defense. But So as far as the Panthers' offense, obviously things are going to run through Cam at different points. Right. Um, are you your DJ Moore? Are you CMC? I think I'm DJ Moore here. I'm. I mean, I'm starting CMC. Uh, yeah. Well, no. In terms of like, I guess every time like DFS even or like you know who's going to hit their ceiling or whatever. Um, let me look at it really quickly because you start your guys, of course. But in terms of uh-huh. the you know the ones that really could pop off. I've got some really interesting thoughts on Robbie and Ooh, Cam yeah. together. Is Robbie back? Is Robbie back? 
I think Robbie might be back. I picked him up in a couple leagues because I'm like, if we have Cam, like, Robbie might come back. And I've been off, like, I'll, you know, to, you know, I guess sort of validate my non-homerism here. I've been off of Robbie for quite a while. Yeah, we've, we kind of gave up for a bit. <laughs> um, I think there's a good chance that Cam and him mesh really well. I don't know. I'm excited for that. Yeah, Cam Cam does know DJ Moore though. Is a thing. Like he's like he's familiar with DJ Moore too. Yes, that's the thing. Like he's thrown to him plenty. So that's why I'm like I feel okay with DJ Moore. He also knows CMC, but I don't know if we'll get like all the big CMC numbers we want, especially touchdown wise. Because you know maybe Cam just falters him over and over. But I, well, unfortunately, that's sort of the byproduct of Cam is that a lot yeah. of his players' ceilings are capped because of uh-huh. his involvement in taking those points himself, which is great. Uh, for the team, but for fantasy, like even when DJ Moore and Cam played together, DJ Moore didn't really pop off as much. Yeah, like he for still them, he had good games, but he wasn't the DJ Moore we've seen where he's just electric. Uh huh. Yeah, with, I think with Moore and McCaffrey right now, they benefit more from like the full PPR or like the DraftKings scoring where you get those yardage bonuses, just because they're not going to get as screwed over getting vultured. Mm-hmm. So. Now, with Washington, do you think they get any offense going? And if so, who is it through? I That's kind of the reason I ended up taking the Panthers. <laughs> I'm a little worried about that. I uh-huh. Outside of Terry McLaurin. Well, he's, I mean, he's going to have Gilmore on him, too, probably, I'm guessing. I know. And, like, that's what I mean. Like, out, skill position-wise, outside of Terry, they're pretty good. Uh, yeah, because yeah. Thomas is still hurt. And Ricky Seals-Jones got hurt. Mm-hmm. So now they're on their third tight end. Their line is still healthy. Yeah, Panthers they, are they, pretty good against been really the run, good. Do what? Panthers have been good against the run, Yeah, though. the Panthers' defense has been killing it. Like, that's the thing. Like, if if Washington is going to be competitive, like, their O-line is going to have stepped up and Gibson will have played well. Maybe this is McKissick week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I don't, I'm not feeling great about anyone in Washington in particular, Maybe we get some Humphreys and McKissick. <laughs> Ew. Mm, mm. Ew. <laughs> I don't want to talk about them anymore. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Cam is back. Cam is back. But next up, we've got San Fran at Jacksonville. Picking San Fran. You didn't type anything. I assume you're picking San Fran. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get that far. <laughs> um, it is going to be Jeff Wilson Day. What? Um, yeah. So Elijah Mitchell is... I think doubtful now, which he got fucking finger surgery, so I assumed he was out despite any of the shenanigans that were going on about him maybe playing. But Sh- shenanigans, yeah, I'm gonna say it. Yeah, he's always full of shit. So he clearly hates Trey Sermon. Uh, Jermichael, like Jermichael hates he's hurt. Like it's literally just Jeff Wilson. And we've seen Jeff Wilson when he starts, will go bonkers. So almost I'm not every he will. time, I'm not saying he will go bonkers. I'm just saying he hasn't not gone bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it's just, they are big favorites. I I assume they're big favorites. I can check on the exact numbers. But um, yeah, they are favored by uh, six and a half on the road, 45 and a half over under. And with Jeff Wilson, too, I, of course, will be playing him in DFS. Um, oh, yeah. He's cheap enough, has, has a good multiplier, like all in there. I'm going to be playing him in Dynasty this week. <laughs> so It's a smart play. Yeah, dude, he always does his thing. So he does his aside, thing. It's the Jags. Yeah. 
Aside from okay. Jeff Wilson, there obviously there's Debo and Kittle. Debo's been dominant. Kittle looks good. I think it's just those three on San Fran. That's the obvious. But the Jag side, I think, is where we can maybe get into some potentially interesting spots. Where are you at with Jacksonville? Um, I wish James Robinson was healthy because he'd be an absolute banger yeah. for me. I don't know. I think he'll play, but I I'm not entirely sure. He's got he's just kind of banged up in his lower leg. Yeah. Like all over the places, his knee and his heel, all of it. Um, if he's not playing, then shit, give me some Carlos Hyde, I guess. Uh, but I would really like to see Robinson be cleared to play. Uh, that would be really nice. I like him a lot if he mm-hmm. is in. Niners, run defense is possibly the worst I've ever seen the Niners <laughs> run defense <laughs> be since it's watching the Niners play football. It's, I don't. And I don't really know why. I think that's what's confusing me is I'm not entirely sure why. If it's because they've just, you know, they got rid of, um, what's his name, Buckner and uh, Javon Kinlaw. I mean, he got hurt, but you'd think they'd be a little better against the run given their past few years they have been. It started week one against the Lions. Yeah, they, they've they just struggled all year against the run, too. And yeah, like, with those injuries, yeah. like... Yeah, I mean, no Buckner's obviously huge. The injuries they've suffered throughout the year haven't helped. So, yeah, I said I, I would love if we had, like, a clear-cut running back situation here, but we don't, per se, unfortunately. It's a it's a shame. Um, Outside of him, though, you can – I mean, it's not just the Niners' run defense. You get a lot of uh, – you can pass on him, too. Arnold. Uh-oh. Dan Arnold's been <laughs> balling out lately, dude. He is such a reliable – like, that connection was just immediately – great yeah it's that bad team rookie quarterback tight end safety valve pretty much it's it's just that it's great but yeah he has gotten so yeah his last four games 10 7 7 8 targets and he's gotten 68 60 67 67 yards he's pretty much good for you know five or six catches and 60 something odd yards so he is i know it's the jags and so you know silver like not so blank grain of salt he's pretty (laughs) overdue on touchdowns too um, he's got almost 400 yards and he's got no touchdowns. So he is expected to score soon as far mm-hmm. as that goes. In terms of yardage, just yardage, he's third, like in the overdue metric. I kind of basically like I go, what is the Lee average in yards per touchdown? 158. I also do like an air yards too. That's at 196. I like to just check it, check out both. But in terms of, you know, how many touchdowns should this guy have and how many does he have? Dan Arnold has the third largest difference. So, hmm. yeah. He's a little, he's a little further down air because he didn't get a ton of, he doesn't get a ton of air yards. He does a lot of yakking. Oh, but, yeah. He, yeah so he's he, good at that vertical 16-yard pass downfield. Uh-huh. And he oh, takes it a little bit further, yeah. Yeah, I mentioned Kyle Pitts is third. Or sorry, <laughs> Kyle Pitts is first in the overdue for the yardage. The guy who is second is someone we've talked about already on this podcast. Do you have any guesses on who is the second most, you know, overdue for a touchdown based on their yardage? I was going to say Devontae. He's fourth. He's fourth? Yeah. Okay. Um, Based on the yardage. Yep. Something we've talked about. Man, that's tough. Diggs? No. Uh, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to spoil it. You got any yeah, more guesses? It. All nah. right. It is Quez Watkins. Oh, re- really? Yeah. So, How many yards does Quez Watkins have? Uh, he's got 400 yards. All right. So, yeah, he's also 
Oh, he should have had one. Again, drop touchdown, so he shouldn't be as overdue as he is, but yeah. alas. So maybe, may, I don't know, drop touchdown factors into ruining that, but alas. Yeah, so. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, so Dan Arnold also, yeah, I know it's a Jag, so maybe it doesn't count as much. Like the bad teams, it's, it's one of those things where like on the bad teams, I don't count it as much. Like, you know, the Eagles and Jags, I'm not going to, you know, worry about touchdown regression as hard as I will for like the Packers and Chargers with, you know, Adams and Keenan, but. Right. Yeah. But yeah, anyone else you like Jags passing game? No. I don't want to <laughs> guess if it's going to be Jamal fucking Agnew or not. So. I mean, Niners at least is pretty concentrated. Yeah. You probably got Debo, Kittle, and then whichever running back is going to be the guy, which this week should be Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah. Dude, Debo's been killing it, man. I'm so happy for Debo. He is mm. slaying it this year. He sure is. Oh, man. But uh, next up, we've got Cincinnati at Vegas. We're both picking Vegas. Oh, sorry, no, we're both picking Cincinnati. Sorry. <laughs> hey. My, oh, my brain got sad, and I was I said Vegas in the sad tone. No, we're both picking Cincinnati. Um, I The Raiders have not been able to do much at all on either side of the ball lately. Um, defense was atrocious against the Chiefs. They got Mahomes right. And then the offense couldn't do anything. They made the Chiefs defense look good. They have not... So in the second half, they got a little bit better, but obviously Deshaun sorry Deshaun Jackson had that Fortean <laughs> slip there. Deshaun Jackson had that fumble. Um, but that was so weird. Um, I don't know what how, how that happened anyway. But they looked like they're very lost without Henry Ruggs on offense, and I'm not sure if slash when they'll get out of that slump. So I just think that Jamar Chase is gonna have two touchdowns and Higgin one too. <laughs> yeah, like, it's one of those things where Jamar Chase is very, very good, of course, so, like, Casey Hayward being on him may not matter that much, but Higgins gets the best corner matchup in terms of he gets their number two outside corner because Hobbs in the slot has been, like, fine. Um, Casey Hayward's been good, but they've had a rotating pool of uh, f- f- now former Raider Damon Arnett, who... That, I think that video was just uh, kind of their, like, excuse to cut him. Like, they wanted to cut him anyway. He was Yeah, no, he was so just bad. bad. Yeah, he like he wasn't playing anyway, so they're like, oh, okay, we have a re- we have an excuse to cut him now, and they can say it was detrimental to the team, blah blah blah. But was he the guy they took when we said they should have taken AJ Terrell? I don't know. They took him in the first round, and it was a shitty pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was first round, maybe second round. Anyway, it was a bad, it was a really bad like pick. I think it was a first rounder. So, yeah. alas, um, and then yeah, so he's gonna get right now. I can't remember his name just because it's been such a rotating garbage pail over there because it's been like a meek robertson at points but i think his name is uh, it is let me fucking find it true font now i keep typing i keep picking the wrong uh team here on pff trying to find who the heck it is oh is Uh, it faceon faceon yeah i I was like how do i pronounce that faceon sounds like an ev evolution right when you palm when you face palm and you get that so yeah higgins is gonna get that guy that guy but i'm also really into mixon we've seen what running backs and pass catcher running backs have done albeit mixon's pass catching has been hit or miss on how involved he is but we've seen running backs kind of wreck the raiders lately just because of how bad they are past the d-line so yeah so we kind of i think as a whole Bengals offense banger yeah that's the thing like when the Bengals offense gets rolling which i think they will hear their defense can tee off a little more and like, I couldn't even think of, like, you know, which Raider do I like to match up against the Bengals here. Like, nothing really stuck out, so. Yeah. 
Now, Raiders side, assuming they do, you know, Carr, you know, pull, you know, pulls himself up by the bootstraps, has himself yeah. a good He'll game. He'll probably you know? get his 300 yards, yeah. Right. Always. We're thinking probably a little Waller, as is natural. But what about, you know, Edwards, Renfro, uh, and the and the guys? Those are the main two, I think. Yeah, I think I lay more Renfro here. But yeah, that's probably not, where I'm at. Not particularly sad. Although, I don't know. Like, if we're going to get any Eli Apple, like if Brian Edwards gets Eli Apple, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty nice. I should be Zay Jones now. Um yeah, it's been Mike Hilton in the slot, but Renfro's, Renfro's been having a good year, too. I think Mike Hilton is a decent slot corner. I could be wrong. Yeah, he's you know decent. As far as the slot corners in the league go, I think he's decent. Mm-hmm. Um, these, the other corner is, what, Chidobio Uzier? Yeah. And then... Uh, so, yeah, we might have a Brian Edwards week. Yeah, because is... Um, oh, who's, who's the guy who's been hurt? Is he still hurt? <laughs> the Bagos corner that, like... Yeah, Trey Wayne's. Yeah, is he hurt right now? Yep. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna have Eli Apple. So you know, maybe we'll get Brian Edwards' game with the Eli Apple. We we'll get a little Brian there, Edwards. So. I don't think the Raiders' offense will be bad. I think they'll put up points too. We have yeah, they always find a way one? to get some stuff. Um, the over under right now is at I think it was like forty nine. It's a fifty and a half right now. So Denny's favored by Ooh. one. Wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Home that's, I dog. Guess that's about right. I think that's about right. Yeah. Just because there's not enough defensive talent to really make me feel like, oh, one side's going to stop the other. Because, like, Cincinnati should score. The Raiders will play catch-up. They'll get some points. Like, No, the name of the game will be turnovers. I'm not expecting a lot of defensive shutouts, you know, on third and you know third and outs. But I am expecting at least one Joe Burrow pick, as is yep. tradition. Um, you know, th- those, can, uh, those can be really important if both teams' offenses are clicking. Yeah, I'm just concerned about the Raiders O-line. Like, they were real bad last week. And if, like, DJ Reader and BJ Hill can have a good game, like, up the middle, like, it could be a real bad day for Alex Leatherwood if, if DJ Reader is just owning him all day. Yeah, at least he's at guard now. Do what? At least he's at guard now. Yeah, it's not as shitty it's, now. It's not as shitty. It's just the whole... God, just stop getting flagged. Yeah, dude, they get so many holding penalties. It's such a bad time. 76... Holding, I know his number because of it, or seventy, right? Isn't he? He's seventy. I think so. Number seventy. <laughs> yeah, because like there's all holding. I thought he was like maybe he's like sixty six. Hold on, but it's all it's literally always Leatherwood. Yeah, he's definitely a okay. seven. Yeah, um, every time. So yeah, we have Cincy here. Derek, I said Derek Carr is usually always good for three hundred yards. He's like five point nine k on DraftKings. So. You know, if you're spending down at quarterback and not going Cam, like Carr is always in play just because of that. But I, I think do, he's I a like pretty the good Burrow play stack here. Yeah, the Burrow stack's nice. Uh huh. Or Mixon here too. Yeah, you could. I think Mixon works out well too. Like, there's been games where Burrow plus Mixon plus Chase has been the nuts. Mm. So, but speaking of the nuts, we have Dallas at Kansas City. Highlighting oh, yeah. the slate this week, we've got a 56 point over under. Uh, right now, Kansas City is two and a half point favorites, and. I was gonna pick Dallas like you currently have, but then right. Amari Cooper got ruled out because he's got COVID and he's not vaxxed. Well, he's probably gonna be out even if he was vaxxed, but no Cooper here. Yeah, that's a really big bummer, and that does hurt my Dallas pick quite a bit. I am still taking it because I think I don't think Kansas City's out of it yet. I, unfortunately for them, I think that the problems that they currently face are gonna plague them for a lot of the year, uh-huh. and. 
while they will still win games and probably still make the playoffs, I think it's, for me, it's just not the Chiefs' year. Um, yeah, because so, their, their O-line has not yeah. been doing as well as you'd hope, and, like, they're not right. meshing well yet. Right. Um, I still think even without Cooper, Dallas's offense is damn near hard to stop. Yeah, they, they still, still got Gallup. Yeah. So they got just got Gallup back. Cedric Wilson's going to fill right in, and yep. he can run a lot of the same things that Cooper can run for them. Um, and then, of course, their rushing attack against the Chiefs. Rush yeah, that's defense. that's where I'm like still torn because that just might be the game. Like they that's, might just run them all like all over them. That's the major key for me. Yeah, Pollard and Zeke against the Chiefs run defense is making me very worried for the Chiefs this week. What? What odds would you would you take even odds on CD Lamb burning swords and throw touchdown this game? Because <laughs> I think I might. Ah, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh god, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like Dallas is still stacked on offense, and Kansas City cannot get pressure. And if they try to blitz, like if they if they go, we need pressure. We got a blitz. Dak has been owning the blitz this year. So. Yep. Now, I think it is worth noting that Cooper has a really big role in the offense. And yeah. I think if you look up stats when Cooper's not in, they really do take a hit. Um, I mean, yeah, he's a really good receiver. Like, like that's the right, thing. That's why I'm thinking Kansas City now. Because yeah, him and yeah, he's a really important piece there for Dak. You know, Dak doesn't disperse it as well when Cooper's not there. It's just, mm-hmm. a, you know, a thing. It's okay. It's okay, Dak. It's okay. Um, but I, I think I'm just hedging all of my faith here on just Zeke and Pollard and the old Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We've seen the Cowboys be very, very willing to just run the ball all game. If the, if the pass is, you know, not that the pass is not there, but just if the running is there, they'll do it all game. And if I'm the Chiefs, I'm putting like all my resources on stopping CeeDee Lamb pretty much in the passing game. So that's gonna. I mean, it's gonna be probably Snead Autumn, I guess. That's my. I mean, it's my best guess. So probably. So I don't know who else they put on him. Uh, I mean that may. I I would assume. So. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, so Gallup's gonna draw whomever else between Ward and like Fenton or whoever, but like we could see some really good licks for Schultz. But I agree. I think if we want to talk bangers here like specifically like zeke should be a very solid option here mm-hmm. so and um if we want to about dfs he's got a fairly decent price he's he's seven seven he's right between Mixon and chubb there on DraftKings. um i need to check his price on yahoo but he's got a 1.15 multiplier on super draft so not bad at all there Ooh, but yeah, the, I was going to say, I, I was real into the uh, Cowboys on Super Draft because Lamb and Cooper were both 1.3. But, like, I, you could go 1.3 Lamb and 1.15 Zeke and then 1.1 Dak. And, like, it's not, like, a high multiplier stack, but you could run it back with 1.55 Daryl if you want to do it that way. Just, like, an option there. It's so frustrating because in one league I have both Cooper and Lamb, oh. which I didn't <laughs> intend to happen. It just sort of happened. It's not bad, you know. It's always um, to take it. It's the Cowboys. But I very consciously had Cooper in over Lamb this week, uh, with the expectation. Oh yeah, Lamb it was going to be a Cooper yeah, week, I think. Yeah, exactly. 
and so now we're switching back. And it, yeah, feels bad, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, hey, go Chiefs! But you know, this is gonna be a, to, this is tough. Yeah, it's gonna be a good game. But oh, yes. it sounds like we won't have Ceh, so probably gonna be another Daryl week. Like not like saying he's like he will have a good week for sure, but like it's gonna be Daryl as a running back. So yeah. And he probably will be okay. Now, Dallas, no, yeah, I think, has lost some defense, I guess, just to wrap it up. They've lost some defensive guys. Uh, I know they lost Jabril Cox, who was one of their fifth-round linebackers who was playing pretty well this year. He's on IR. But they still have Leighton Van Esch and Micah Parsons. Yeah. Trayvon Diggs has been having a hell of a year. And oh, man. If Mahomes is trying to do hero ball against Trayvon Diggs, that might not work out, even if he does throw for 400 yards. Yeah gonna be a great game i'm excited for this it's gonna be probably the highlight of this window um especially depending on if we have kyler murray or not because we've got arizona at seattle wrapping up this window and i think it's i think we both kind of agree on if kyler's in we're taking arizona if not we're taking seattle yeah but although i'm not betting on colt mccoy i just won't but man the seahawks looked like garbage last week yeah it was real bad i get it was like russell wilson's first game back from surgery in snowy lambo like not ideal right but they were they were bad they were bad they were bad and it hurt to watch uh-huh i mean just nothing worked they were shut out right no points yeah and like part of me wonders how much of that is russell Ru- like russell's rust <laughs> like a better <laughs> phrasing rusty like, wilson <laughs> like I'm, I was looking at like Seattle, like Seattle, the Seattle pass deck. I put as banger, but I, I'm going to verbally qualify here. Like I'm not positive on that. Like I don't feel like super confident on it. But it's I guess it's more of a DFS play of anything where like they looked so bad last week that I think there's enough of a chance they bounce back this week and ball out at their prices. Mm-hmm. But it's because it's not like Arizona's defense been it's been so weird. In terms of their performance, <laughs> up and right, down. like they've been dominant at some points, but like as they've lost some guys, like especially like losing JJ Watt, like at, has has Chandler Jones been in and out a little bit at times? Yeah, like they still don't have DeAndre Hopkins. They're gonna be missing uh, Justin Pugh um, and Jonathan. I don't know, sorry, and, uh, Tanner Vallejo, and they so, lost JJ Watt, which is really big because they run a three-four, and he's yeah. a big part of that three. Yeah. Buda Baker's questionable, so like they are fairly hurt right now. Like even aside from Kyler, and so like yeah. that's why like I wasn't like positive on a uh, on Arizona, but right. I do think if we had a healthy Russ, this would be a lot easier to pick. But what we saw last week makes it really tough to put confidence yeah. there. Well, that's why I'm thinking like he might, you know, a week a week further into you know football. Mm-hmm. He could be a lot better off than he was last week. Right. Like I was and surprised I, I would he came back that. last week. Same. It came back early. Yeah. <laughs> so Very maybe early. Maybe another week. But <laughs> on Arizona though, Christian Kirk, I like regardless of who the quarterback is. All right. He's there been Colt go. McCoy's guy. I, I mean, obviously Kyler will throw to him. Now, if if Kyler's in, I think we can consider AJ Green and Rondell Moore. But if it's just Colt McCoy, then I just want Kirk. Yeah. And then, of course, I think I think James Conner's in play. I don't. I, we didn't mention him specifically, but he's been racking up touchdowns in Seattle. We've seen, although their defense has been improved as of late, they've still been pretty susceptible to running backs. So, oh yeah, James Conner's in play for sure. But this one's just tough to talk about without. I know. 
Kyler's hits his shoulder, right? Um, ankle. I, for, I forget. So, I think, I think it's, it's ankle. his ankle. He yeah, had ankle. a shoulder thing earlier, but this one's the ankle. Yeah. But uh, I guess I'll guess I'll, with Seattle, um, it seems like uh, Alex Collins is going to be the starting running back. Any interest there? Or? Oh, I hate having to start Alex Collins. <laughs> it's such like a flaccid play. Oh, God, I know. He had that good game against the Steelers, oddly enough, which we'll kind of touch on in a moment, but I, I don't know. Like, Rashad Penny's healthier, too, now. Like, they may want to use him. Who knows? I'm Well, I think Carson is now officially on IR. Yeah, I think he's up for the year. I think he got he's getting surgery. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, just didn't heal like Russ did. Yeah. Russ has that superhuman Jesus healing, <laughs> and... Poor Chris Carson is just a sad atheist. What <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that Pete Carroll? He said something like, "He he did say Jesus and Russell Wilson's healing in the same sentence." I just don't oh, know man. the exact I, I order of the yeah, words. I don't know. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna try to quote that. Right. Um, but yeah, that's a bummer. I guess you know Alex Collins is probably the guy. I you don't like to do it. It's like starting James White in something. You, but it's probably not a bad idea. Yeah, like if you if you need a running back and you're desperate, like but running back's been desperate this year, like he is very in play. So yeah, but moving on to our Sunday night game, we've got Pittsburgh at the Chargers. We both have the Chargers. Um, they haven't looked as good lately, but Pittsburgh hasn't either. So yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh's also really hurt right now. They're going to be missing a lot of guys on defense. I believe they're missing Watt and Hayden. So. Yeah, so they were already missing Stefan Tuit and Tyson Alualu. So that's mm-hmm. their run defense. They are now missing TJ Watt, who's also their run defense, but also their pass rusher. Yeah. And now Joe Hayden and I think Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, because I, I think he's on the COVID list. So And yeah, it's, he's it's, already been ruled out. Has he? Damn. Oh, yep. yeah. Um, and it, it, it might be Mason Rudolph. It might be Ben Roethlisberger. That's like a, you know... Can he get enough negative tests in? Pretty much. So, they're like it seems like Claypool's gonna play, but mm-hmm. Playpool. Um, <laughs> either way, real, real tough scene in the in the uh, Pittsburgh uh, training room there. So, yeah, it makes it tough to pick them. Uh, even with the Chargers, quite frankly, on a bit of a slide, they they haven't suffered as much uh, record wise because I don't think they've gotten exposed too badly but they've been on a bit of a slide i expect them to have a a nice little bounce back here against a yeah. team that's really beat up uh, oh uh kevin dotson is out as well for the steelers he is their left guard so <sighs> an and line that was already struggling yeah i know that the chargers are going to be missing um holy Joey crap bosa. they're beat up too yeah they're missing bosa because Surprise, he's not vaccinated. Oh, man, it was anybody. <laughs> I think that was, like, one of the least shocking unvaxxed guys you yeah. could have guessed. Um, yeah, I'm going to see their practice report from uh, today. Let's see. We've got Linval Joseph doubtful. That's kind of one of the big ones there to that watch. That is big. But, yeah. Jerry Tillery's out, too. Joey Bosa. That's a yeah. lot of their front line. Yeah. So I mean, it might just be a running back game here because I'm real big into Eckler. So Eckler is probably my running back banger of the week here, actually. We've seen a lot of running backs just really have their way with the Steelers. I mentioned Alex Collins with it. Um, we just saw DeAndre Swift just get like a billion carries and the other Detroit running backs as well also get their touchdowns and vulture DeAndre Swift. 
So, like, running backs have been dogging on the steals. Like, you can go back through and look at the logs and realize, like, wait a second. Like, this is actually a thing. So, they've not been tackling well. I'm pretty sure they're pretty rough on the tackle list, if I recall. Yeah, the Chargers are the worst. And they they have the most missed tackles in only nine games. Like, not even ten. And then Pittsburgh has 70 missed tackles in nine games as well. So, they've both been really bad missed tackle-wise. It's like, I think Najee and, like, at as bad as the line's been, like, he, he'll get the catches and the X. But um, I think Najee and um, Eckler should be in for good games here. I like it. Give me the running back game. Yeah, and this is one of those ones where you can you can play both of these running backs together, I think. Like, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of times, like, see, like ceilings do not correlate for running backs, but when it's Najee Harris and Austin Eckler, that is one of those, like, rare scenarios where they both catch so many passes, and then they both are finding negative game scripts or positive game scripts that, like, it just doesn't matter. So. I'm also going to throw in another name. I like the Eckler and the Najee call, but we don't have Minka Fitzpatrick and we don't have Joe Hayden. And I think... Mike Williams? It might be time for Mike Williams to come back. Hey, when he's been on, the Chargers have been on. Yep. I'm I'm ready for it. He is healthy. He's been quiet. He's ready. No Minka. That's their... I mean, he's their free safety, move around the field kind of nickel guy. So that opens things up a lot over the middle, too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. All to say we're taking the Chargers. (laughs) Yeah, especially if Mason Rudolph's in. Oh, boy. Uh, oh God! Please no. Yeah. Lastly, we've got the Giants at the Bucks, and we're taking the Bucks here. Uh, we saw this game last year on a Monday night as well, I believe, and uh, this was my DFS mm-hmm. turning point in 2020 because the Daniel Dimes to I believe a Sterling Shepard touchdown with the lack of two point conversion is what uh, won me that showdown. Um, I don't know what we'll get exactly from Dimes this game, but <laughs> um, on the Tampa side. I like Fournette here actually a lot to lead things off. I know he's usually not the main man on campus here, but uh, the Bucks have they have the best line matchup this week in a oh, lot yeah. of categories. Oh, running, yeah. they have the best pressure matchup and the best adjusted line yards matchup. So they should do the offense just fine. Um, <laughs> I'm not concerned there. Um, it sounds like they're going to get Gronk back too. So. That's pretty big for them against the Giants. Yeah, like in a... So this is going to be a showdown game. Like if you're talking DraftKings, like I don't mind at all doing like a Bucks onslaught. Now, that might be common. Like doing the, you know, underdog actually does stuff thing might be beneficial. And so I guess we can go ahead and talk about that underdog real quick before we, you know, parse through the Bucks. So I think the Giants are coming into this possibly the healthiest they've been all year coming off the bye last week. Wow. Um, it sounds like they might have Saquon. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know about Sterling Shepard, but they're going to have Kadarius Tony and they're going to have Kenny Galladay. For them, that is very healthy. Yeah, they're going to have, like, you know, most of their guys, probably. Um, with Kadarius Tony, it's annoying that, like, they seem to not want to use him. And they have, they have Slayton, too. So, when like, when, like, enough guys are healthy, they seem to not want to use him. But with, with she- if Shepard's out, because he hasn't practiced this week with a quad thing, they may put Tony in the slot and you know, let him run there because they're not okay. They're not gonna put Kenny Galladay or Darius Slayton like primarily in the slot because they're definitely not putting Kenny Galladay in the slot. No. So 
I think Kadarius Tony, if one guy misses, it's probably most beneficial for him if Shepard misses. Mm-hmm. So, ah, uh, yeah, Tony in the slot is, yeah, hey, that's a good play right there. Yeah, uh, Buccaneers corners are so they've still. Got Jamal they have him back, but they're still. But I think let me see who's missing. I don't know. I don't think their other outside their other outside corner still rotating thing here. Okay, so Carlton Davis will come back at some point. I've I needed to look that up because gotcha. he's been out for a while. Yeah, um, but he is not back this week. Uh, right now, they're running with Pierre Desir and Jamel Dean, and Pierre Desir is well. He was cut from the Jets, so <laughs> I don't need to tell you much more. <laughs> yeah, it's if, if you're cut from, if the, you're Jets, cut from really the Jets, you suck. For those that did <laughs> weren't following my logic there. Um, Giants still have James Bradbury and Adderie Jackson. I love to say it like that. Adderie <laughs> Jackson. Uh, they are missing Logan Ryan. He's their free safety. Um, yes. I really hope the Giants put together a win. It's just so rare that you see two bad Brady games in a row. And he did look bad. Yeah. Because I know Godwin was kind of iffy coming in. So Godwin will be another week back. Mevins has been balling this year. Gronk will be back. Mm-hmm. So their offense should be firing all cylinders. Yeah. With the Giants, though, like with like Saquon-wise, even if he's back, I don't really want to, you know, dive in on Saquon first game back with, no. I guess, the Bucks. So No, the running back desperate, to target yeah. is Fournette because uh-huh. this is, uh, I, I, I mean, we it's been all year, but Giants run defense, bad. Yeah, it's real rough. And... And a game where we expect a lot of points for the Bucks. If they do put a lot of points, four net benefits. So yep. yeah. And so as far as the other guys, the pass catchers, though, are you more into like are you are you all in on Gronk on the return, or are you a little worried about his just general uh, durability? Um, do you think we're gonna get another Mevins week? Or do you think it's gonna be Godwin? Because like I'm thinking like I think Bradbury matches up well for Evan. I agree. I like Gronk this week with him back. I don't think Gronk comes back before he's healthy. Yeah. Because it sounds like no AB. And if we're thinking Bradbury can hold his own against Mevins, and then in the slot, it's going to be Darnay Holmes. Oof. So God has got a good matchup, and then I think we're going to see Gronk in a good matchup. So it might be be those two more so than Mevins, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little wary of Mevins this week. Uh-huh. This sort of profiles as a no Mevins game. Yeah, Bradbury's good against those bigger receivers like that. Right, like a lot of times when like the so- Bucks get down to within the ten, right, they're in that red zone spot. Brady will chuck it up to Mevins because he's six, you know, five or yeah. whatever. He's massive. But James but- Bradbury, that's kind of his wheelhouse. Yeah, a lot of Mevins' recent success has also been without Gronk, so keep that in mind too. Yeah, but might be a good time to sell Mevins. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, a nice, nice Mevin sell high here, but yeah, he's been balling out. He's definitely one of those guys who's been overperforming on touchdowns too. But that's kind of always his thing, so especially with Brady. But oh yeah, oof, man, we are back. It feels nice to get back in here recording. It, it felt weird not having you know our podcast for a couple weeks. I know, I I missed it. And it's funny. I, I told some people about it at a wedding, and then we had had to go like a month without recording. I'm like. I know. Oh man, I can't wait for them to, to hear hear a soda finally. So <laughs> we're back, baby. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> but back thank you all for tuning in. <laughs> yeah, we we are on Twitter. 
and TikTok at Mozzie and Muscle. But uh, online on our website at mozzieandthemuscle.com is where you'll find probably most of our stuff that's not the podcast. That's where I've been putting up DFS stuff. So if you want to hear anything that you know isn't on the pod, it's probably going to come from the website right now. So that's where I've been outlining, like, you know, price standouts and strategies for the weeks and stuff. So yeah. there we go. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will be back soon. <laughs>